Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from Delta EE, the new energy experts. We'll be talking about how the energy transition is developing across Europe, with guests who are working at the leading edge of this transition. Hello and welcome to the episode. Traditional utilities are evolving fast to navigate and help drive the energy transition. As part of this evolution, a number have established venture capital teams investing in innovative companies which are much needed for a successful energy transition. Today, I'm talking with two people from two utility venture capital funds, exploring their aims, their investments, and their experiences. So, let's say hello to my guests. First, Terry Vapola, head and founder of Helen Ventures in Finland. Hello, Terry. Hi, and uh, please be here. Thank you for inviting. Thanks for joining. Um, Terry, all of our listeners might not know the Finnish energy company Helen. So can you give us a very quick snapshot of Helen and then tell us in a nutshell about Helen Ventures? Sure. So Helen is um, originally from Helsinki Energy. So they're one of the largest uh, energy companies here in the Nordics. And uh, being very advanced in terms of technology and development uh, in over the years, so being this kind of progressive player, uh, establishing a venture capital arm was kind of a natural next step when realizing that there is a change in the uh, the transition and and also the additional needs needed. So so what we do is focusing 50 million euros into European startups focusing on transforming the the energy sector. Okay, and. Can you give me an example of one of your, well, favorite investments? That's maybe a bit of a loaded question, but uh, exciting investments that you've made in the last years. Yeah, I was thinking that uh, all of my investments are, of course, my favorites. So <laughs> yes, only child, you could say. Uh, but uh, maybe I'll just point out the first one. So Sevirta, uh, which is the fastest growing e-mobility platform company in Europe, which actually we are uh, co-investors together with uh, with uh, Jan. So so. Thanks, Terry. Um, our second guest is Jan Lozek, founding and managing partner at Future Energy Ventures, part of the E.ON group in Germany. Hello, Jan. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining. Um, Jan, my guess is that more of our listeners will know about E.ON, so probably no need to give a snapshot to E.ON, but uh, can you give us a snapshot of Future Energy Ventures? Sure, um, I would like to do it. Uh, Future Energy Ventures is um, a venture capital firm which is um, globally seeking for the most exciting uh, young teams and technologies with regard to the um, energy transition. We would like uh, with this initiative to accelerate accelerate the energy transition. In fact, and we invest into um, digital solutions from series A to B, um, which is um, what we call the future of energy technology which also includes future city technologies and mobility. We have had invested so far 250 million euros globally, mostly in Europe and North America. The team is really seasoned, uh, coming from with the background from E.ON, Energy, from the venture capital scene, from startups and so on and so forth. 15 people in Palo Alto, Tel Aviv and, and Germany, Berlin and Essen, uh, to, to, to change the world um, um, in energy uh, and to solve a huge problem, uh, which may... Uh, secure our planet for the future. Thanks, Jan. Um, so, you've been you mentioned the the joining together of Eon and Energy's teams. How many 
people all together in your in your team across quite a few locations you mentioned yeah that um, um, we, we, we combined uh, the best of both um, also with regard to people we are now 15 people from both units Eon and energy yeah. and uh, this was quite a challenge two years of COVID and I'm not sure if you're aware of we launched future energy ventures in the end of last year so COVID was already running and most of the people or some of the people did not meet until today because COVID is still ongoing. So it was yeah. was really a challenge for us to create a team, to create team spirit, uh, to create a high-performing team in order to uh, fulfill our task, our mission, our passion. And with regard to mission and passion, I think we are all aligned and looking into the same direction. And also with regard to our past experience, both teams invested into energy transition technologies with slightly different um, uh, focus, but in general, the same passion and the same direction. I think the challenge is really to build a, a, build a team in, in, in that times. And, and, and that, uh, that challenge um, is, still, is still here. And, and we are looking forward to, to become closer and, and, and rock our industry. Thanks, Jan. Um- same question as I asked Terry, one of your, and I won't use the word favorite this time, one of your exciting investments you'd like to highlight for our listeners. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really good, difficult. I fully agree with Terry. I'm just uh, taking the last two, uh, last two new announcements. Yeah. Um, um, uh, one was we, we exited Vcare, which was a company um, um, uh, which, invested into, uh, um, which invested into the space of um, um, managing um, transportation in cities, helping municipalities to to manage their transportation more efficiently, especially in, in crowded and, and tense times in, in the transportation systems. And we exited was a, a great team or is a great team. And we exited this, this company to Recor Systems, a Nasdaq listed company just two weeks ago. Oh, and and an amazing team, amazing technology. And we're also happy that, that this a company can further grow now and further accelerate their technology because that's really helpful and great. Yeah. And, and another company, we just closed uh, uh, Bitchley with another round of Bitchley um, um, with our co-investors, a company from the US, uh, which is investing into energy management solution and also um, uh, growing their business model into the mobility space. Okay. Thanks very much, Jan. So three quite, uh, well, two related to transport from both of you and and one around uh, data and energy management. Okay, let's move on now. But my first question is around the core aim of your fund, because the way I see it, you're wearing two hats to a degree. You're wearing a a financial venture capital hat, but you're also wearing an innovation hat for for your energy companies. So I'm interested in the balance between those two drivers um, or maybe balance is the wrong way to think about it maybe they're complementing I don't know but how, how would you answer that question are you are you energy innovators are you investors what are you measured on um, what drives your decision making or is it that neat combination of both Terry let's start with you how would you answer that question First of all, I, I think that uh, you shouldn't think them in the continuum. So I think they are not uh, opposites of each other. Mm. Uh, so so for us, it's super important to have both at the same time. 
Uh, so, so maybe my own background, I come from the VC industry, so I could not think of uh, making investments which would not be economically sound. And I also think that if you want to do a strategic impact, uh, which is, of course, natural and expected of us, you can't do it unless uh, the, the companies you are investing in are becoming successful and actually making a difference. So you see the strategic from, uh, in our case, uh, in the investment strategy and investment thesis. So looking at the themes which are really needed in the industry to drive it forward and actually make the energy transition happen. And in our case, especially focusing on the digital elements of it, which are traditionally something where uh, utilities are not that strong and uh, and at mm. the same time are typically the stronghold of startups, fast-moving startups. So bringing that element into the thesis uh, uh, enables us to actually make a strategic impact, but without any compromises on, on the economic front. So would you say the, the financial decision-making about the return would be the same as a pure play venture capital firm? Yeah. So our focus is quite narrow. So we just look at that area. Uh, but uh, in terms yeah. of finding and investing in companies there, uh, you, you cannot make compromises. And what about your team? Do you need both sets of skills in your team then? You said you come from the venture capital background. Um, yeah. Are you all venture capital seasoned professionals or a mixture of that and people from Helen, the energy company? Uh, we do the mixture. So so we have people with the uh, strong energy background. We have people with a strong uh, venture capital background and the combination of the two and also the understanding on not just the, the energy field, but also the, the digital um, uh, business, if you say. So, mm. so bringing these elements together and, uh, and then kind of thinking it as a VC with benefits, so having the access to the business and being able to to have the experts to both evaluate the cases but also support maybe in indoor opening and uh, and uh, helping the companies to to actually grow yeah and do you see that the same way at future energy ventures or any any differences in how you approach it um, um i absolutely agree with terry um would have answered uh, most of the uh, topics uh, similarly uh, just another perspective on it. If you look at the problem we wanted to solve, uh, utilities used to set up huge systems. They invested three, 10 billion into grid systems, into generation, power generation systems like large nuclear power plants, coal plants, and so on and so forth. And then they operated that assets for 40, 50, 60 years. Um, What's now happening with the immense growth of decentralized energy resources is there are a lot of small um, energy systems which are coming into the broader energy system uh, with different ownerships, uh, with different capacities, with different characteristics, and we need to manage and change that absolutely. And and coming from that um, from that background and having the uh, the target to change uh, or to accelerate the, the change of our industry, uh, we believe the venture capital is the best tool to innovate our industry. And if we believe that's the best tool, we need to operate as a venture capitalist in the industry to change our world. And that's that's we are coming from. And I think that's absolutely different than a venture capital firm thinks when they enter the market. However, we are coming with this strategic mindset into, into the venture capital market, but they're acting the rules of the game um, how we behave in rounds, what do we do uh, when we access an investment is absolutely similar 
to any venture capital firm in the market. But if you then in, you may um, have more time to exit. You may um, have, have, have a long, more longer term focus than a venture capital firm and so on and so forth. But again, the financial rules we apply, uh, the techniques we, we, we use to assess um, a company are absolutely the same um, as any other company in the market. So I can see very easily how you measure the financial return and the venture capital model invest for three to five years, say exit, you get your financial return on that that investment. Um, How do you measure the innovation return? Or can you put the question maybe a different way? Can you imagine a situation where you didn't get that financial return, but you really did get a great innovation return? Um, So how bit around how you measure that and could you know might there be a trade-off between an okay financial return but a great innovation return happy happy to start uh, this time with the question um i believe um, um it's it's impossible to invest in a startup without having a clear financial return perspective i mean everything later everything can happen uh, but in general i believe that's not possible because we enter in very small companies in series A and B with a, with, with a smaller team, uh, with little revenues and so on and so forth. And then we want, what we are doing mainly, we are using um, the market and our capabilities to scale that company. And the company is only ready for great innovation return when it's scaled to, a, let's say, to a stage when it have 100 employees when it have 20, 30, 40 million euros of revenues. Um, and you need the market capabilities to do so. So if you would focus too early on strategic return, you would always uh, you always run into the risk that um, the the business, the company, the team is dying over time. So hence uh, we have an incentive uh, not to do so, and always focusing on financial financial returns, which are the language of the market of good or bad um, innovations, so to say. So hence, um, um, we are always focusing on financial returns. And then if the company grew, um, then it may become strategic, relevant and an exit candidate. Yeah. Okay. So there's almost a hierarchy there. Focus on the financial return. And in some cases, it might be a financial return and only that. In other cases, you might get that and the strategic return as well. And there's a little um, little other argument into it. We, for example, we Future Energy Ventures, we invested into 50 companies. Obviously, 50 companies is far too much for Eon to integrate, to take over, whatever. Yeah. So the most of the companies will exit into the market to any other company and so on and so forth. So in order, if we wanted to do our business right, we need really to um, um, use the, the market techniques in order to have a profitable um, overall business investing into many companies. Yeah. Okay. Terry, how about how about yourself at, at Helen Ventures? So for us, uh, if you think about the uh, the financial returns, as you said, that's easy. Uh, finding the, the good measures for innovation, uh, we actually haven't come up with. They are very fluffy. So that's mm. why we, we basically focus on, on the, uh, the investment thesis and looking at the areas which are crucial and thinking of whether this uh, what the startup is doing is something which is really needed in the industry and can it make a difference. And, and through that, then go in and then be part of the uh, the investment team of uh, of that company to to help it grow. So so that's that's how I see it uh, in terms of um, how to 
how to balance the two or or measure measure. So if you get the investment thesis right, then that really drives the chances of that strategic innovation return. Exactly. And also in terms of the individual cases. So here the investment thesis is the, the broad umbrella, but then also every single investment decision. So thinking of uh, that particular company. Uh, so if it meets the, the financial hurdles, uh, mm. what is the impact of that particular company and what it could be in, in the market? Yeah. Okay. So you're considering that in the investment case. Yeah. It's got you, to tick the financial yeah. return box. Yeah, first. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and was there much debate in Helen in setting up Helen Ventures? You're, you've been going up a few years, I think. Um, was there was there pros and cons discussed? Was it a big decision? Was it an obvious decision? Uh, so I would say that uh, it, it was very progressive, as uh, Helen is the company which is looking at uh, transforming the, the industry and being the fast-moving player, being a, a medium size, so so being able to to actually take a decision to be more agile. And uh, what was very clear out of the strategy process before the Helen Ventures was started was that uh, this. Uh, future what we are building on is changing more rapidly than we anticipated and it's requiring different kinds of uh, skill sets which are uh, the core competencies so in order to to really get into where Helen wants to be at uh, in terms of its strategy it fundamentally needs tools and uh, of course there are other tools as well to mm. to basically bridge that gap uh, but uh, but um, it was very clear from the strategy uh, that uh, the venture capital is the, the tool to, to, to really address that uh, uh, crossing the chasm, as, as you could say. So you couldn't do all of that from within the utility in the traditional way. It was quite clear you felt you had to do that through having stakes in more, if I use the word more dynamic, but younger dynamic uh, innovative companies. Nope. And also the the kind of what they bring in into the market. So thinking of the digital capabilities and uh, thinking mm. of uh, uh, their kind of a way of developing, but also the subject of uh, subject matter. So thinking of AI or or satellites or different kinds of uh, technologies which are taking very rapid advances at the moment. So so kind of realizing that uh, you need partners and uh, you yeah. can have different kinds of partners. So also other types uh, outside of the startup ecosystem, but. Uh, but the startup ecosystem is actually having a good chance of making a difference uh, at this kind of phase we are at in the energy, energy transition. Yeah, so it's one of the tools to help companies like Helen really make the transformation exactly. you need to make. Exactly. Um, and how, how do you bring those that innovation back into the energy company? So it's a topic I've discussed over the years with uh utilities of innovation and venture capital and i think it's a fascinating topic and i'm still not clear on there probably isn't an answer or the way um but on one hand there's a driver not to interfere too much with the companies you're investing in to let that let them run and grow in their own way on the other hand you're investing in them because you want that access to that innovation so i'm really curious to hear your thoughts on how you work with the the bigger energy company and how you get innovation from the startups back into the energy company. Um, yeah, do you want to um, you want to go yeah. first on that? Happy to kick it off. So, uh, what what we do 
is um, we work closely with, with E.ON as such. Um, there's a um, huge innovation department um, as big or even bigger than future energy ventures, which is um, understanding, seeing and understanding and interacting with the core business to to um, uh, select the most burning topics, technology topics, uh, future topics, the people in the business see. And, and with this in mind, we source uh, work together with our startup uh, portfolio and invest in, in, into certain technologies, um, as Terry laid out, um, uh, given our investment strategy and, and, and so on and so forth. And if we have a startup, then uh, we work closely with the colleagues from me on to test and to check where to apply the technology, where to test the innovation and so on and so forth. Um, uh, so we are start, starting with small projects uh, between um, customer services and the startup or our our network business and the startup and so on and so forth. It's not working in all the cases, but in most cases, uh, we start just to test to uh, to test the technology, to get to know each other and so on and so, on and so forth. And sometimes, sometimes uh, magic happens. And I would say 20% of startups, uh, there are magic happens. Uh, then it gets into commercial relationships and commercial relationships, meaning selling technologies for 1 million, 2 million, 500,000 and, 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 and so on and so forth. And what and we have seen... Yeah. Hmm? Jan, is that when it works and when it doesn't work, is that just a case of magic happening? Or can you look back and you are there certain things that you can see really help to make that work and any examples or any examples where, yeah, looking back on that, that didn't work because... Um, or is it just a case of, as you described, magic happening? Yeah, um, um, transformation, um, um, good transformations um, are always more successful than bad transformations. So there is something we can influence here. But yeah. nevertheless, um, um, the success rate of transformation or change processes is 30%. It's not 70 or 60. Yeah. And um, referring to that, I would say, yes, you can do a lot of things, um, understanding the people side, making sure that the people talk the right language, they understand each other, um, uh, making the right introduction, starting smaller and then um, uh, getting bigger, try to work with champions in the business, which are eager and keen um, in exploring new solutions instead of uh, trying to convince people which are in the first moment are not interested in the technology and, and so on and so forth. So we are using um, this uh, typical transformation transformation capabilities you should use if we wanted to change something in an organization. Change management here is key in order to be yeah. more successful and improve your success rate. And I guess it's the relationships that you mentioned there, the relationships and the people side that can be so critical in that. Absolutely. Terry, how, how about yourself? What what have you learned since you've been going about bringing that innovation back into the business or making those connections? Um, I truly believe what you just said. So it's a people business. So, so knowing the people and um, being close enough to the organization is super important. So for us, of course, uh, Helen is not a huge organization, so it is actually relatively easy uh, to know who are the right people and who can be the champions of uh, taking the innovation forward. We've also in uh, institutionalized a little bit. So, so we uh, had this kind of a business. Uh, so we divide the, the roles such a way that we have uh, investment uh, 
which is our focus. And then we have business decisions, which are the business's focus. So we don't mix the two. Uh, but, but at the same time, we have taken into, into our team to work with us. Uh, we call this uh, like a CVBD, so business development persons who are from the business, who part-time work with us so that we bring uh, like bridge the gaps uh, between mm. the business unit and ourselves. And these are the, uh, the champions or, or catchers of the innovation so that they can take it in their own respective organizations and, and drive them forward. So that's, that's one way we've done it. And has that, has that worked or any lessons or have you, are you still learning how to make that work really well or? We're still Where's learning. So, yeah. so, as you know, this is one of the like a one of the hardest things uh, in in the, uh, the the CVC business uh, to actually. Um, like bridge the gap uh, and make it in in a way where that's value for both sides. Uh, what we've uh, seen is that again, going into uh, what is the the innovation or solution, what the the startup is bringing, and how well it uh, fits into the the needs, uh, what the business needs. So so you want to make sure that uh, you are innovating in the areas where external innovation makes sense and uh, yeah. and is needed. And uh, for example, in our portfolio, we have a company called Gradient, uh, which is working on bringing the digital twin into district heating networks, being able to lower the temperatures. So therefore have the cost benefits and also the CO2 benefits. And also being able to address the thing that soon these networks are going to be so so complex. So so being able to manage them, you you need the more advanced tools. So so kind of bringing that kind of solution in, uh, which is fundamentally needed on the business side, uh, is is obviously where you have most fruitful uh, possibilities to to actually add value. Yeah, uh, that's fascinating. Um, so a lot of alignment, a lot on the people side. And some structure around that as well. Um, yeah, and looking back at your your time in this area, is there any if someone in another utility was starting up a corporate venture capital fund, is there any one bit of advice you'd give about making the connections and bringing that innovation back into the business? Yeah, um, a very good question. It makes me a little bit reflective right now, but we don't have the time uh, to be mindful now. Um, I think generally what Helen was saying, uh, making sure that in both sides, it's a people business. Uh, you don't uh, get access to interesting technologies if you don't understand that's a people business, that's people business. And the same happens on the internal side. And, and then uh, you need to have um, a quite um, good stakeholder management in your organization from the top uh, to the bottom. There isn't any level you could... Um, uh, you, you should you shouldn't be aware of uh, because the board is as, as important as the people in the business which then apply yeah. the technologies and test them out yeah well it's really really interesting for both of you um i think we're we're getting to the time now where we need to bring out the talking new energy crystal ball and look to the future uh we've reflected back a little bit let's look forward now and set the dial to five years time so 2026 and i want each of you to imagine that in 2026 you're looking back at the last five years and what one thing do you think you'd be most proud of in your current roles uh in that situation uh terry let's start with you and and then yan 
So I think uh, two things which I'd like to see happening. Uh, so, so one, obviously, we are in the industry where uh, climate change, uh, we can actually make a difference by finding out uh, technologies which can help us to address it. So, so I'd be super happy if uh, we've been uh, instrumental in making those technologies available and into the market. So played uh, our role in, in enabling that to happen. And the other thing uh, which I do believe uh, we, we should be doing is bring the digital tools into, into the industry which has happened in the other industries um, earlier. So I think uh, bringing those capabilities and tools into, into the energy market uh, in, in the next, uh, next few years is fundamental to, to actually enable us to do things we want to do. And what, if you had to pick one biggest challenge, one thing that might keep you awake at night about achieving those two things, what, what would that be? Um, so uh, probably if you think about the, the kind of a grand scale of uh, climate change, so, so we don't have the luxury of waiting anymore. So yeah. finding those solutions and how do we accelerate so that we bring the future quicker into the market so that actually we can make, make a difference. So speed. Speed. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Terry. Um, yeah, and how about you? What what were you most proud of looking back over the last five years if you're in 2026? Yeah, um, hopefully a climate report with the, with an outlook that we may are closer to the 1.5 or 2 point um, um, degree um, uh, Celsius, which we wanted to achieve. Um, um, uh, the planet is not got, getting warmer. Um, and that, that would, would make me really happy because that's our passion. We wanted to contribute to secure our planet. Um, it looks not very good um, looking at the, uh, uh, into the latest reports and, and we wanted to be instrumental in changing here um, and using our skills and um, applying technologies as Terry's um, already said yeah. I wanted to repeat this again but I think the topic the topic we are fighting for is uh, securing our planet and having uh, having something in our hands which which uh, fights back against climate change um, and, and making making the next the world is a bit better for the next generation. And the biggest challenge for the difference you can make on that, and the disadvantage of going second is you're not allowed to use the same challenge as Terry's talked about. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the challenge is we need we need to shift a little bit our communication. Um, as, as, as also in this in this round here, we are talking about energy giants and what we're not doing and what's the right thing for venture capitalism. But the problem we are solving is climate change. And we need to keep all uh, the, the attention of everyone uh, to the point that this is the, the task and the mission we have. And I think that's the challenge. I'm also in, in our discussions in the company, in EON, in the board, wherever we are, we need to focus on that problem. It's not about optimizing, getting more efficiency of a large corporation. It's not about sustaining uh, the life for four, five years. It's solving the most burning problem on earth. And I think that's the huge challenge. If I'm looking into our conversation and conversations in our boards uh, with my colleagues in E.ON, in the press, everyone is still on the mode. Yes, um, I'm doing my job and then everything is getting better, but we are not there yet. We need to focus more. We need to challenge ourselves more. That's it's really to be, to be mission driven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nothing hard changes overnight i guess so uh meaningful things are always come with challenges and are never easy to do and 
uh, yeah, I can see there's such a huge wave of innovators out there that can help to drive the energy transition that the the investment and capital that companies like yourself can bring to that and then help to transform um, traditional utilities is a critical part of what we need to do to, as you said, Jan, keep to 1.5 degrees, hopefully um, warming for the future. So thanks both very much. Thanks, Jan. Thanks, Terry. That's been a, a fascinating discussion and a great window for our listeners into the world of um, utility or corporate venture capital. Um, And thank you to listeners for joining this episode. We hope you found it interesting and look forward to welcoming you back next week. Thanks and goodbye. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then please keep in touch. You can follow us and me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or subscribe to the podcasts on your chosen podcast platform. If you like the podcast and like sharing, then please do rate us. And to listen to archived episodes, to read transcripts, and to see the latest Delta EE insights, then please visit www.delta-ee.com. Music